0: The scripture reading is from Luke 13, verses 31 through 35. At that time, some Pharisees approached Jesus and said, go, get away from here, because Herod wants to kill you. Jesus said to them, go, tell that fox, look, I'm throwing out demons and healing people today and tomorrow, And on the third day, I will complete my work. However, it's necessary for me to travel today, tomorrow, and the next day because it's impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who were sent to you, how often? I have wanted to gather your people just as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you didn't want that. Look, your house is abandoned. I tell you, you won't see me until the time comes when you say blessings on the one who comes in God's name the word of God for the people of God.
1: Thanks be to God. All right, if you would join me in a word of prayer, let's pray. God, for the grace uh, and the amazing ways in which you gather us this day, we give you thanks. We thank you for all people gathered in their houses of worship this day, who are gathering to continue this walk to the cross. We thank you for each and every person and community who gathers, bearing weight that is great, also carrying celebrations and joy. We thank you, O God, for people that gather today in the midst of war and violence and struggle all around us. May we know that when we bring it into this space, we do not hold all of that on our own, but with you. And for that amazing gift of this time, we are grateful. The spirit that gathers us together, may it also be in our hearts and our minds this day. May it guide the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts, so they're acceptable to you. We pray all this in the name of Christ and God's people say, amen. So it's difficult to uh, really talk about anything other than what's happening uh, around war and violence in the world. We we know that... Many pains can exist at the same time. We know if you are watching the news or if you are doom scrolling all day online and seeing just report after report and image after image of of destruction in Ukraine, but also tracking things that are going on in our own country around uh, um, what's happening in Florida, around um, trans young people, what's happening in Texas around reproductive justice, the things that are happening in our own neighborhoods as we think about what's going on with those who are experiencing homelessness in our own communities. When you think about policing that continues to be a struggle for many people in our community and around, it is not surprising nor is it not understandable for us to ask, oh God, what is going on? For those who are not part of the church, those who don't have a connection to the divine in the world, how can we blame folks for asking, Well, you know, if God were active and moving, you know, this is the time to ask that question, where is God? Now it's easy for us to intellectualize where is God. Well, God is in the movement and God is in these things. And that doesn't make it not true, because I do believe that God is present as things are happening and, and we are able to point out these moments of of holiness and divine presence that give us some hope for what is to come. But I actually think right now we have to remember that God's love for the community, God's presence and God's protection is, and this feels like a cop-out. It's just something we can't understand. Like it's almost beyond human comprehension. But there's something comforting about that for me. There's something to say that I don't have to count on the, the narrowness and the, 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 the ways in which humans are confined to the way we can express hope and protection and love. I don't have to rely on us as a community to know that we are limited human beings. We are limited creatures and we can only do so much, not as an excuse, but as a reality. I have to lean into the idea that God's love and protection will show up Beyond my own imagination, and even beyond the ways we may have seen it before. You remember a few weeks ago I preached on the bodily resurrection, and, and it's one of the more inter, uh, uh, time, one of the more sermons I've gotten, the more feedback and emails and questions about it. But the, my whole thing about bodily resurrection is the reason I believe in it is because I have to believe in something, something more hopeful than, than is beyond my imagination. Because if I can prove something in a, in a way that guarantees something, then is there faith in that, right? Then it becomes I'm, I'm worshiping uh, a, a process and a proof texting versus worshiping a God who moves in ways that, is, that are just out of my understanding, Again, this is not an excuse for us to just sit around and be like, oh, well, God's going to take care of it. And, you know, that's, that's okay. We don't have to worry about it. It's, God's going to do something. We just sit in our bubbles. No. But what it does mean is that we can't give in to the weight of everything that is happening because it would be really easy just to say, man, this world, it is, we, we are done for. And to fall into kind of a nihilistic Expression of our personhood that doesn't exhibit what I think is love and hope and new life. Because at the end of the day, that is our calling into the world is to say that above all, yes, there is the pain of the walk and there's the pain of the journey and there is death even. But at the end of the day, we are resurrection people. So we believe that God will hold on to us even despite what we do to one another and to God's created children. One of the reasons I love the liturgy we're using is that it all ties into something, and the the time and tenderness that uh, these theologians and artists took to tie everything together is beautiful because we're reminded about this idea that God hopes to protect us, and sometimes we do things that actually work against that. And that God gives us this movement and this ability to move and shift and change and make choices that may not be what God intends for us to do, but God still loves us. I, the easy place to go, right, is parenting. Now, not everybody here are parents in, in the physical sense but I actually think that part of being a person of faith is that if you've ever sat in a sanctuary at a baptism, and people have said, "Do you commit and vow to take care of this children?" You know, some of you in here have done that with my kids, right? You have basically become their parent, whether you like it or not. That you have basically said, "I will help raise your child," and I'm like, "Are you sure you want to do that?" I mean, you know, our children can be a lot. You know, as you, you may not know that when they're infants, but you know they're going to be. And so I, when I talk about parenting, I, it is not just those who have actually parented in a, in a uh, have even given birth or adopted, however. I talk about us in a, in a faith community sense. Because when I think about God being loving and wanting to protect us, despite the things that we do, I, I can only think about, well, how could my mother still love me? I mean, I could give, run a list of the things that I have done that sane, rational people would look at that from the outside and be like, yeah, you could probably give him up. I mean, I, I'm not gonna share them all, but let me just share a few of them. I, for some reason, uh, when I was a, a high schooler, felt like my life was in danger. Like seriously, I went, I, lived, uh, I went to a high school that was a little bit tougher than I grew up in. Um, and it, it had a tougher reputation than it really did, but it, it was still a little bit different for me. And so I decided I was gonna start carrying a knife around. What am I thinking? I'm not tough. I don't know what I was gonna do with that. That's one of that classic example of you have a weapon and it gets used on you. That was exact, but you know, My stepdad goes into the car opens up the glove compartment and out comes his big old knife and they're like um what is going on so i made some bad choices i remember experimenting with smoking just cigarettes and uh my mom pretending like trying to play it off like she didn't know what i was doing as i'm trying to blow smoke out the screen door of my the screen of my bedroom and hide all the things i remember Uh, At one point, I uh, played a lot of poker and uh, borrowing some cash that I probably shouldn't have from my mother. Oh my God, like, okay, these are not horrible things, but cumulatively, I remember mom having to get multiple phone calls because I have crashed the car. I remember my mother having to get the phone call that I actually uh, was in the back of a squad car because um, someone was driving over 100 miles an hour on i5 and was pulled over for felony reckless driving that would be me i remember the multiple times that i chose girlfriends over my mother in gifts and attention and remembering birthdays and all of that right those are Smaller issues, but you know, those probably hurt. I remember all the times that I've done things and lied, and my mom probably knew. I have probably stories that I don't even remember, and my mom probably doesn't want to know. But yet, for some reason, my mother still loves me. And if you mess with me, my mom would probably be you know mama bear comes out and it is not pretty it may not be appropriate but it's not pretty i remember when i was uh the moderator of the denomination and when you hold that kind of public space and you say things that are even slightly progressive at that stage of our denominational world people just come out at you and and the nastiness that was thrown my way was expected but my mom got online and tried to defend her son online. I mean, this is what, you know, I understand. I had to be like, Mom, you, 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 and I think it makes it worse, Mom. Like, don't pick on my son, right? I mean, I think it just makes it worse. But, you know, that's a human understanding, right? Those of you here and online, you you know what that's like when there's a loved one who has done things over and over again and made choices that you wish they didn't make. And there's something inside of you that, you still love them. Now, you may need to treat them differently or you react differently, or you may need to take different methods in order to address things, but you don't stop loving them. and You don't stop yearning to be that mother hen, right? Now, I don't really know. I cannot really make farm metaphors. I don't know what that is. I assume mother hens kind of spread their wings and gather their chicks in and, and all that. I've never seen this happen myself, but I'm just assuming that's what happens. And they warm them up, and it's comfy and cozy, and God says, to Jerusalem I want to protect you but you don't want to be protected but God continually says I want to protect you and so there are times where we don't want to be protected we do things that hold us back from God and so we have to decide what do we do about that? One, I think, is acknowledging that sometimes we run away from God. We, we do things that either intentionally or unintentionally, by choice, by circumstance, whatever happens, that we do things that God does not intend for us to do, that doesn't live, help us live into who God wants us to be, and yet God still loves us and wants to protect us. I wonder about that in our days now As we look into the world and we figure out how we are supposed to move through a world where humans are hurting other humans, both in our own country and around the world. And I have to believe that God watches these things and weeps and says to the world and is saying to the world, I want to protect you, but you don't want to be protected So what I think we need to do as we hear about who God wants us to be is to look at what Jesus says. We keep on. We continue to be the people Christ calls us to be. Remember, God saying to us, I wanna protect you God saying to us, I love you no matter what is not our excuse to simply sit around and do nothing. It's not an excuse to simply say, yeah, I'm making bad choices, I'm good, God loves me anyway. That's not what God is saying to us. I want to protect you and I am yearning for you to continue to move towards making choices that help you grow into who I want you to be. And Jesus tells us over and over again what those are, is to heal, to keep healing, to keep loving, to keep speaking for justice, to keep being in those places that need to hear hope and new life. Because that is the way that God actually begins to show other humans and the community and the world that God indeed loves and wants to protect us that our calling into the world is to know that for ourselves and then to go into the world and do likewise. And we will not always be accepted in those places that we offer that. You may go somewhere and wanna offer love and compassion and protection and justice and you may be rejected, but that does not mean that you stop. It means that you may need to move on to somewhere else, but it does mean that God continually says, in order to show that I love the world and I wanna protect the world, move into the world like Jesus did. Love, love others, work for justice, Be present with people. If we can do that, if we can just acknowledge that part of our role in a world that has so much weight on it, that feels overwhelming, that feels like there is nothing we can do individually, is to remember that God and God in Christ does speak to each and every one of us. That as we move through the world, wherever we are, whether in Palo Alto or you are in Asheville, North Carolina, or you're wherever you may be, that God is saying to us, be like Christ and move through the world, being as Christ did, healing and working for justice, being present with people, seeing every person as a child of God. And in that way, the world may get glimpses of this God that we know so well. The God who says to us, You may make some terrible choices. You may do things that I do not like, but I want to gather you in like a hen gathers her chicks and protect you. And if we can rest in that, then the world doesn't feel so weighty. The pain doesn't feel so sharp. And the overwhelming nature of what we can do doesn't feel so overwhelming. And then you and I, in our little part of the world, get to play a part in spreading this love and justice and protection that God wants us to. Let us pray. God, we thank you for being in the midst of our community and our world, for being with us as we gather, for being with us to remind us of your love and your protection and to remind us that we are called to be that in the world. For the life and the death and the resurrection of Christ, let us hold all of those parts, knowing that we will struggle, but we, at the end of the day, are a resurrection people, and for that we are grateful. We pray all this in the name of Christ and God's people say, amen.